0: And these are our stories.
1: Welcome, this is James Claibassa for Stepdad Success. And today we've got another interview on the cards. Today we've got Josh Wells. He is a firefighter up in the Sedona area, uh, actually up near Flagstaff. And he has three,
2: uh, yeah, in Sedona. three kids.
1: Oh, in Sedona, okay. <laughs> in, in Sedona and we're three kids. Welcome, Josh. Uh, thanks for jumping on the call today, mate. Yeah, thanks for having me, James. Mate, um we'll, well I'll kick it straight back to you and I'll just let you give us a little bit of a background of your situation, just you know where you grew up and um kids, you know, home life, that sort of thing, just so the listeners have got a little bit of an idea of who they're who they're listening to.
2: Okay. Yeah, so again, my name's Josh Wells and um I live just outside of Sedona, Arizona. Um, I was born and raised in Arizona and I, I grew up in Flagstaff and I went to college up at Northern Arizona University. I played football there and then after going to college I ended up moving around the country. Lived in South Carolina, lived in, uh, lived in um, Colorado for a little bit and I got to do a lot of snowboarding when I was up there. And then I ended up moving back to Arizona to be closer to family and friends. Um, I've been married for almost eight years and uh, I have three kids, so two are stepkids for me, Ezekiel and Jaden. And when I got married, they became part of my family, and, and um, we came together as a family. And then my wife and I ended up having our youngest. Her name is Amelie, and she's four years old. So three kids total, and we're, um, we're a mixed family. We share with our stepkids. We share custody with their dad who lives nearby. And so we have our older kids. We have them half the time. And then share with their dad half the time also, and of course yeah. our youngest stays with us all the time. Yeah, so, awesome. And their ages so Ezekiel Eze- Eze- and Ezekiel is seventeen, Jaden just turned fifteen, and our youngest is four. So it's a pretty good, pretty good mix of ages. We got a mix of teenagers in the house and toddlers.
1: I'm sure that um, Makes- that allows for some fun times. So I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's gonna be fun. Can be chaotic at times, but yeah, yeah.
1: yeah tell me, um, it's, it's a good mix. Yeah, tell me. Just
2: so Ezekiel, Ezekiel's a boy.
1: Yeah. Okay. So yeah, go, go ahead. Two, two daughters, one older boy, Ezekiel. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Tell me. Um. So, what was your background like? What was your upbringing as far as how you were raised? And you know, do you have brothers, sisters, all that sort of stuff? Um, just so that you can get a background of you know, where you've come from to where you are now.
2: Yeah, so so my upbringing, as I mentioned, I grew up in this, at the time, it was a pretty small town. It was Flagstaff, Arizona. And when people think of Arizona, they typically think of just desert. Um, but Flagstaff is actually up in the mountains. And so it's a really, really beautiful place, and there's pine trees, and they have some big mountains around. So it was a nice place to grow up. Um, I grew up with my parents. And the entire time that I grew up, my parents were married, and they're still married today. They've been married for over 40 years. So um, that upbringing was a good example of marriage for me. But they both, before they married each other, before I was born, they each had a, they each had a child of their own. So my mom, she had a son, and my dad, he had a daughter. And they both ended up getting divorced before they met each other. Then they got they got together, and um, they got married, they had my older brother Zach, who's two years older than me, and then they had me. So I oh. had my brother Zach is my closest from my two parents, but then I have a half sister and a half brother, and they're both older than me. So my sister, um, she didn't she didn't spend a lot of time with us. She was raised mostly by her mom and her mom grew up um in, in Arkansas and so we would see her from time to time, but she spent most of the time with her mom growing up. And then my older brother Aaron, he was raised mostly by my by my dad, because his biological dad wasn't um, wasn't around all that often. For him.
1: Yeah, right. So you yeah, come come from a long line of step parents. You you've got it in your in your blood.
2: Yeah, yeah. It seems like it. I mean I think my parents had a really good example of it, and it's something I admired about how my dad helped to raise my brother. And it was I think it's something that kind of influenced me to end up being a a step parent myself and see the value yep. in it.
1: Yeah. So you and your, your wife, say tell us
2: about how you guys met yep. like. Um yeah, so my um as you mentioned, my, my career is in the fire service and so part of being in the fire service is I also work as a paramedic. Most of most of what we do is a lot of medical calls. Occasionally, we still get fired, but most of what we run is medical calls, and so I've always been really active in in doing a lot of medical stuff, specifically around around teaching cardiac, um, how to save people from cardiac arrest, and treating heart attacks, and things like that, so I met my wife, I was teaching a class up in Flagstaff, and she just happened to be in that class, because she's a nurse, so I was teaching the class, and I met her in the class, and didn't think a whole lot about it. I just met her. I thought she was a really nice lady, and that was it. But then I was at work, and I ended up taking this patient to the hospital, and I started working at the hospital. So I saw her again. I thought she was real attractive, and we just kind of – we had this really good chemistry initially, and it was either that time or a couple times later, I ended up asking her out on a date. For her. And when I ended up – well, I ended up asking her out. It It didn't work the night that I asked her out, but she's like, no, but let me know. Maybe there's another time we can go out. And I thought she was beautiful, and I loved that she just had a certain presence around her. I could just tell she had a really great heart. And so I was immediately attracted to her, but she had told me that she had been divorced fairly recently and that she had two kids, and my initial reaction was, well, I don't really want to get involved in that. I was I was like, she's beautiful. I like
1: her, but I'm kind of enjoying
2: not not taking on two kids as part of a part of a relationship. So...
1: I, yeah, the, I was just going to say, just in that, you know, just moving forward, how did that progress as far as, you know, did it take a long time to meet the kids or did you, um, you know, you, you obviously had some hesitation there. What made it progress?
2: Yeah. So, so at first, so when I first asked her out, I was kind of thinking, I was like, well, I really like hanging around, I was thinking it would just be kind of a friendly thing to do. She was in the area. I thought it'd be good. that We just ended up going out for, um, our first date, we ended up going out on this. We went on this hike, and we went to this place called Fossil Creek, which is a r- really beautiful creek nearby. And we went out hiking there. And I, my, my thought, in my mind, was that it would just be a casual friendship. We wouldn't go and hang out. But it didn't end up that way. We were just really had this connection, and the, the passion and intimacy was there. And so um shortly after that, we really started dating. I ended up falling in love with her. And then it, it progressed pretty quickly to where a few months later I ended up meeting the kids. And of course I was standoff the first, maybe the first couple of months. I was just kind of like, you know, I don't know if I want to get too serious. But um, I ended up falling in love with her. And then I ended up meeting the kids a few months after we had been dating. And at first it was it was kind of nerve wracking just because I had I met the kids and I met their their biological dad. And it was a little bit nerve wracking at first, but the first time I got to meet the kids I really connected with them and not long after that I ended up falling in love with the kids also. And then we we got married a little bit after a year we since we started dating. Yeah, right. Really, I ended up really enjoying enjoying connecting with her as much as I did connecting with the kids and it was just I really enjoyed all the time that we had spent together. And they were they were really welcoming of me also. There you know, there were some challenges since they had been divorced and it's not like it was always easy but overall I've always really connected with them and they've been really loving and generous and open with me too they they were 7 and 9 when when I first met them
1: yeah yeah so still they'll probably well they're old enough to know what's happening and know what's going on you say there was you know a few tricky times was there anything that stands out there and you also mentioned that it was kind of a um you know, there was a bit of tension there at the start with just you, you know, thinking about the kids and getting involved and all that sort of stuff. Um, Can you talk more about that? Like, are you, you know, what that was actually like to go through? Because there's obviously, you know, there might be stepdads out there listening now that are actually going through that or people thinking of, you know, getting into a relationship. They might be dating someone with kids and, um, you know, going through those thoughts as well. I know I had them myself and, you know, can you talk a little bit more about you know those thoughts and how you kind of i guess you know put that rationale in your in the old brain box and how it how it came out yeah yes
2: yeah, so i i can remember there was there was a moment that, that changed changed my perception on it for it's lasted to this day and there was i remember i was going through one of Tony Robbins programs i think it was his get the edge program Yes. have you ever gone through that program?
1: uh I'm not sure if I've been through that exact program, but I' know I've been through a few of his different ones
2: yeah it's
1: it's a pretty popular one and there there's one section
2: in that about relationships, and I remember it was it was after i think I hadn't seen I'd been at work for a few days and I hadn't seen seen Faith with the kids and I was kind of in my mind i was my mind was going back and forth. It was like you know do i really do I really want to commit to this um you know there's a lot of extra responsibility. And I was thinking about, you know, the pros and cons and going back and forth. And I was listening to this audio as I was driving. And it was, it was talking about relationships. And I remember this distinction that, that I got from it is he said, he said, relationships are a place to give. If you go into a relationship looking to get, you're never going to really be satisfied. But if you look at what you can give, you're going to find you're going to be way more satisfied and you're going to get way more out of it. And so that one distinction for me was, was a game changer for me because I realized, that if I was just going into a relationship looking at ways that I could meet my needs, uh, based on my relationships in the past, it, there's a lot. It would never really end up that great. And if the, if I was looking at myself and how I was going to benefit, it always kind of led to being a selfish connection and not nearly as fulfilling. But I just made that that small switch. Is I was like, look, how can I show up, and how can I give to these to to faith and to these kids, and how can I really show up to give to them and to serve them. And from that place I found I just saw the relationship transform to where the more I would give to them, the more I would feel fulfilled and then in turn they would also give back and radiate that love and connection to me also even more. So that was probably the biggest the biggest distinction I made was to look outside of myself and really look at serving them and and loving them and giving focusing all that outward and it really changed my like from that moment on it. It really made me want it. It changed my relationship with
1: them. Yeah, that's a magic point you bring up, and often, you know, as guys, we do go into relationships kind of wanting to take, and I think that's a normal thing for a lot of people Um, that we oh, yeah. we go in there initially to to take and get something from the relationship, rather than with that giving attitude. And I think that's a yeah, it's a great reminder for everyone listening out there to to be able to just step back from what you're seeing and like you say question yourself about what can you give like what can you bring to the relationship to to you know not not even to change things or to turn things around but just what can you give like without wanting return
2: yeah tell me yeah you, oh you, you go yeah yeah i mean that, that's just the biggest thing and i keep i keep reiterating it i remember one of the things my wife would constantly say she said it's not it's not always easy but it's worth it and so, I mean, I can look at the two mindsets of the one I had before is like, if I could think of the self-centered, self-centered way of looking at it, like I'd want this perfect, great-looking wife that would make all this money and, it, you know, would I could show up to the, to the social events and have this great-looking woman and it's all about me and how I look and me looking good. Or I could really pour into building a family and building a legacy and, Making them look good and and making them better and building as a family and those yeah. two mindsets for me were were to me is tremendously different and it's a reminder today because I still get stuck in selfish there's times when I get self centered and you know want to do things different or or sometimes challenge you get struggle with that but if I come back to is that it's really about giving and serving it it helps the, the family to do much better.
1: Yeah, I think that's a beautiful thing you mentioned there, Josh, just that giving to build legacy. Um, we're not, we often are very short-minded. Uh, you know, we don't have those, that long-term vision and we're often, as say, you know, greedy in our ways and very, you know, have that short-term vision. Those two don't mix, but if you can go into it with a, a giving mindset, giving to the, to the fact that you want to build them up, uh, as a family um to create legacy I think that's a magic way to approach it tell me you you um you said there was some hesitation around the kids and just stepping into that commitment what are your thoughts now looking back as being a dad and I know you've got a biological child as well Emily um, but just you know at that initial time you know what was it like to step into that role as a dad first on um so what what was it like to step in initially
2: is what what you're asking
1: yeah, i mean after you know after you made that commitment, what was it like yeah. then and then what what's it like now when looking back on it
2: oh okay yeah, so um so then it was like I said that big distinction of being able to to focus outward was one of the biggest shifts I made and there was times when when it wasn't easy. And you know, I can think of a lot of times when when we've had challenges and struggles and things that we had to work through and definitely our first year there was a lot of a lot of adaptation that we had to make because you know the kids still the kids are still kinda feel like they want their parents to be together. And I think that's always part of it is if you're being in a in a in a step parenting role is that you just have to accept it. There's always a fantasy that the kids are going to have that their their parents could have worked it out and they could have been with the biological parents. I read that one. I read that in a book a while back, and that was that was something. It was a good lesson for me because it, it it also kind of made me not have to be this this. um I kind of had to look at my own fantasies on life, and if, it was sometimes if I if I have this false fantasy that I want to have this perfect family, and I need to have my own kids. And I can't create this great family with what with the kids as they are, then um sometimes it can cause me to kind of suffer and want things differently. Sure. So I I think realizing that I am the step parent and I'm gonna love them from that place and it doesn't have I don't have to be anything different to what I am, allows me to really accept them as they are and love them as they are. And love our family as being um as, you know, being imperfect, being Perfectly imperfect as it is, and loving life and the family just as they show up and making it the best possible for what we have,
1: yeah, nice, nice. Tell me about the yeah. connection you tell me about the connection you've built with the kids like you obviously you've been you know you've known them for a long time now, and it does take time to build that relationship but um what's it like um with them now
2: um it, it's really good now it's you know, they're teenagers, so it's a, it's a whole different stage of life for them. And there's times when, so as a step parent, there's been times when I, when it's great being a parent because sometimes I can default to the biological parents with certain things. And there's other times when it's been really hard because they, as, you know, as they're going through a teenager, there's times when, when they want to test rules or do things different. And it's just those different seasons of life. But overall, I'd say the family's doing really great. And it's really something that – it's one of the things that I'm most proud of pouring into is, is loving these kids and supporting them. And it's also one of the things that has developed me as a person more than anything. And it's really taught me the importance of of loving unconditionally, uh, my values of family. And we have – just this last weekend, I had a really good connection with my, with my daughter, Jaden, because she started doing a lot of these workouts. She did a lot of CrossFit workouts this summer. Mm-hmm. and there's this there's a there's an event that i always do in, in honor of the 19 firefighters that died on june 30th of 2013 there's a there's this work that i do that's really hard it's a cost type workout right and i've done it every year just to honor those those people and this year jamie came over and she did it with me and it was really oh, wow. cool that we got to connect and do that and so yeah, yeah. the relationship now is going really well it's it's, it's really fulfilling to be able to to be there as they grow and get
1: older and... Yeah, it must be interesting. Extended. I was going to say, it must be interesting just the different challenges you face as they're growing older. Like you say, they're at a different stage of life now. Has there been any standout times or stories that you can tell us that are um, going through those changes and the different things they've had to deal with?
2: Yeah. Um, in terms of challenges and going through the challenges or...?
1: Yeah, just any... Um, yeah, maybe something along those lines. Uh, just It's just interesting because we, we get a lot of um, stepdads, obviously, with different age children, you know, some younger, some older, and all of them have different challenges at different stages of life. Um, you know, I talked to another gentleman recently, and, you know, he was going through that, well, getting to the stage of, you know, having all the, the talks about sex and, the talks, you know, about, oh, you know, okay. the right thing to do, boyfriends and, you know, a stepdaughter and, you know, the way, you know, what guys think and how to approach all of that. Is Has there been any, um, you know, that sort of stuff going on for you and how, how have you had to deal with that stuff?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, so as gone through the teenagers, it seems like there's constantly things, things like that that'll come up. Um, recently, I would say probably... One of the biggest is is my my daughter, who's 15, she's, in, she's a sophomore in high school now. So now she's starting to date. And she's currently, she just, this is just a recent thing, just this week or a couple of weeks ago, she started dating this guy that's a senior, and he's really good at sports and kind of the superstar at the high school. And so that brings up all sorts of stuff of like, oh, man, my daughter's only a sophomore. I don't want her dating a senior. He's able to drive. Um the fact that he is good at sports means that he might be popular and then it brings up the conversation of sex and um, yeah. you know her being able to have her boundaries and i you know if it's up to me i'd like her to to not have sex until she's married but in you know, everybody else in high school it's not the standard that a lot of people are keeping so there's definitely a lot of challenges in terms of best guiding her and supporting her with that and so what, what i've kind of you know, I can't say that I've learned to master this, but one of the things that's really been helpful for me is uh, I've done a lot of work with with this company called Arbinger. Right. Uh, have you ever heard of them? I haven't. No. What do they do, Josh? Um they do they do um they have three different books out there and, and they go into organizations and they they talk about changing mindset. Right. So okay. the big thing that they teach is is they say we change mindset and the basic concept is that they they get People out, out of the inward mindset and get them to look outward and to focus outward and how they can better serve other people. And so the reason I bring that up is because I've done that training with, at work. I, I've done the training with our whole, our whole department at work. And I've benefited a lot from that training at home. That combined with all the, the training that I've done through the wake up warrior. Um, but one of the big things I've taken away from the Arbinger is they have this, this thing called the influence pyramid. And it's really, it's really simple to, it's simple to understand, and I think I can portray it across the call if that would sure. work. Sure,
1: yeah, definitely. Does that work? So yeah, so definitely um, without the w-
2: without the visual, I'll do my best to kind of picture just to um. <laughs> okay, we'll get a, it. with my we'll
1: wig. we'll get our uh, creative hats on and and run with you. You do what? We'll get, we'll get our creative thinking on and and run with you, mate. You just <laughs> do your best. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So anybody's listening, if you just picture a triangle.
2: And if you think there's a triangle, then the concept is that you can the triangle represents all the time and energy that you have available. And they say the basic concept behind this pyramid is you want to spend most time, energy, and effort focusing on what's going right. The opposite of that is you're going to spend all time and energy and effort focusing on what's going wrong. So you picture the blank triangle, and if you fill the triangle up with focusing on what's going right, You're going to get better outcomes than if you focus all your time on correcting problems and changing rules and trying to do things like that and so the basic premise of that is that you want to spend all time energy and effort or most of your available time energy and effort focusing on what's going right and i've noticed that the times when i get into conflict with my kids with my teenagers it even applies to my four-year-old is that i find out that i'm focusing way more time energy and effort on what's going wrong or what could go wrong and I tend to 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 parent from a place of fear as opposed to a place of, of, of faith. And basically that's that's a big part of the pyramid is that when I find out that when I focus on on teaching my kids, on serving my kids and guiding my kids, things go a lot better as opposed to when I'm trying to be a dictator. So if I'm trying to dictate and I'm trying to control and I'm trying to limit their life and make sure that my daughter's not going to be getting in trouble with this older boy the outcomes typically is just going to push that relationship away whereas if i just focus on building the relationship with her loving her teaching her guiding her and then having the trust in her to make the best decisions things end up working out a lot better so i end up having a lot better outcomes sure. and so that's what's really helped really helped me a lot and there's there's an, another piece of this pyramid. Of, if it would be helpful, I can elaborate one more point on it that's surely really helpful so um so that's the big part of it is that you spend most time energy and effort on on the outcomes that you want and on what you want to create, not trying to fix things and trying to discipline and trying to correct things and so the um the other way that it works is that there's that the base of the pyramid is is to improve your way of being and focus outward on the other person, and I find that. A lot of times when I try to, to my kid, like, I have a definition of what my kids look like if they're good and what it looks like if they're bad. And I would prefer that my kids end up being good as opposed to being bad kids. But a lot of that is just kind of my self-projection onto them and how I think their life should end up. So I find out that if I kind of let go to how I think they should end up and just focus on what what I believe God has in store for them and how I can best serve them and serve, that calling I find out I am a lot better parent than if I just try to control and direct and, and dictate how I think they should be. And it's it's more about serving serving them and allowing them to find their place in life as opposed to to me controlling what it is that they end up doing.
1: Right. I think that's, so that yeah that's they're great points to make because they're often things that we forget about. Oh
2: yeah. And and that I'm you know, I, I constantly have to learn and remind myself of these every day because I find myself correcting them. And a lot of times, I notice a lot of times I really, I really try to control my kids more than I think I need to. And a lot of that control comes from how I think that they should be, as opposed to how you know, the way you know, not necessarily the best thing for them. I just have my own preset way of how I think,
1: they should do will I think, yeah, I think that's a a fairly natural thing, and I think that's probably something that we all do uh just trying to i mean we want the best for them and we know kind of in our own mind or well, we have our own filters as to what's good what's right what's wrong that sort of thing um what's good and bad mm-hmm. and we operate from them and we kind of teach and we we preach and we we dominate from those positions as well so you know it's 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 great that you bring that up cuz you know it is something to keep in mind that they are their own people. We can only lead. Um, we can't actually save them, and at the end of the day they're going to find right. their own way right. so has there been yeah. has there been one big thing that you've really had to let go of in in uh. you know raising kids and you know obviously having the dynamic of your own biological kid and your step kids in the home. Has there been something big that you've had to let go of? As a as a man as a person, um, yeah, I
2: think I, I have something that can speak to that, and it it kind of goes with with that, what I was talking about earlier about being able to serve them and what they're going to become. And so when I grew up, I, I I ended up playing football in college, and I played I played it in high school, I played it in college, and for me it was an important. It taught me a lot about teamwork and life skills and and hard work and work ethic and things like that. And then I apply that to my career in the fire department and it's something that that's a big part of my identity. And so something, a challenge that I've had recently was that my, my son, he's super athletic and he's really talented. And last year, he wanted to get involved in doing cheer. And so the cheer it's where they, they go out and do these competitions where they, you know, they dance around and jump around
1: and do all this stuff. Oh, like the cheerleading and, you mean?
2: Yeah. It's kind of like cheerleading, but it, it's the competitive type where they go and, Right. Okay. They go to the competitions, but it's basically cheerleading. And when he first told me he wanted to cheerleading, it, both me and his biological dad and his mom were like, you know, that's that's something that women do, and it's not a guy's sport. And why the heck are you doing this when you're so talented? You could do a lot of other sports and do them extremely well. So at first, I was really opposed to it, and um, you know, we tried to persuade him otherwise, but he soon set on it, and he ended up getting into it and as a result, which really helped him develop discipline and um, working with his team. And he's done great with school. He's done great with his fitness. And it's something that he really keeps engaged with and it's something that he enjoys a lot. And so what I've had to let go is my own, I guess I mentioned the word fantasy of, you know, how I think that he should end up or how I'd like to see things that I'd like to see him do. And one of the things that I had to let go of is just, my own preset expectations and let him develop into the person that he's going to be and support him in what that is.
1: Yeah, that's... And that's so that, an was, inter- that, that was an a I-
2: big lesson for me because...
1: I was going to say that's an interesting one because, yeah, coming from a sporting background and I can totally see where where you want to challenge that one and at the same time, being able to shift and then support him in that... Um, like it it also tells a different story um about you and about well your your love for him and your support of him um i think it's a it's a massive it's a mass, massive thing to do tell me how you mentioned his um his biological dad in there how much kind of interaction mm-hmm. do you guys have and how how does he play a role in the in the kids lives
2: yeah so uh- That he's got a good amount of interaction, and I think one of the things that I've done well is that when we when we came together as a family, I've always included him in in many of our decisions and many of our communication, and I've tried to create as much as possible to have as much of a working relationship with him uh, to keep as much consistency as possible between the two households.
1: Josh, I'll just can I just. Can I stop you there for a second because I want to I just want to yeah. to dive into that a little bit. Can you give us a practical example of like how you're actually doing that because sometimes that can be a real touchy situation. I mean um even oh, yeah. like myself where we're friends with um the boy's dad, we're not necessarily best friends. They used to come to, you know, birthdays and that sort of thing, but as the kid the boys have gone older, they've we've kind of split apart a little bit. How are you practically you know, kind of implementing that connection. Um, so we, what we have done in the past
2: is that we've actually had family vacations where we've actually shared the vacation. Is we we had one in the past where, and I don't know if this will work with with all with all mixed families, but for us it was we had done it to where we went up to Lake Powell and we would have the kids for we'd have the kids for a little bit amount of time and then uh, we would end up sharing. The location and a lot of that time we would spend together um so we'd actually get to bond with with not just the kids but actually connect with with the stepdad in a setting that was you know a vacation type setting that's not stressful from anything else and work and stuff like that so having vacations to where they've been able to join us on um and share part of that vacation has been helpful um i think communication i guess another big piece has been just keeping that open mind of communication with him is that I I often call him and just talk to him directly about um, direction for the kids. If we have to discipline them or just having events and things like that.
1: Right. That's yeah, that's great. It's, it's like, it's one of those touchy, touchy subjects, the touchy situations that yes, some people get along with them some people don't some people talk some people only talk through lawyers you know it can be a really touchy one um so i take my hat off to you for for bridging the gap there and making the effort because that's that's the one that's easy to let go of but it's an important one in the kind of the, the growth of the kids and their future as well oh yeah yeah i think it's actually i think it's imperative that we have to do that because we
2: can't i I can't parent the kids and just pretend that that part doesn't exist, so it's kind sure. of it it's kind of like if I look at our family unit it's it's kind of sometimes it's more comfortable for me to just think that we're our own family, but when I look at it when I chose to get married it, it expanded our family that included him as part of it, and it includes their relatives and their all their relatives and it's kind of like it's kind of like the concept of this you know uh, I believe strongly that nobody really exists as an individual and that we're all connected as part of a bigger unit. And so that definitely applies to my stepkids. It's like I can't positively influence my stepkids without influencing and having a relationship with all those other influences in their life. And so it's critical that we're constantly in communication with their dad because he's such a pivotal part of influence for them.
1: Yeah, I think, well like i said going to take my hat off to you cuz that's a that's a challenging one to to get on top of and sounds like you're doing a great job of it and i'm sure other people out there are going to be listening to that going wow like i don't even want to approach you know the other party kind of thing um let alone have holidays with them but <laughs> yeah. at the same at the same time it's uh it's a it's probably you know once the initial kind of shock of the <laughs> discussions had you know like it's it's a great thing to do like say it's for the kids future it's not not so much just about yours as you, you know I yeah, mean? As, and that, as you said earlier it's about looking outward
2: yeah yeah looking outward and it's also having a common vision that we share and we both you know we both desire to have the kids grow up to have the best lives possible and so when it's kind of you know i have to get over my own ego and my own judgment, whatever I have about it, and say, look, this is for the kids. And every time we we connect around the conversation, and I think every parent, wherever they are with their kids, they, they want the best for their kids. And so if anybody listening, if it is hard to connect with that other person, y- you guys share a common ground. And so that's what helped me to connect with, the, with their stepdad is, you know, he wasn't really happy to see me come in the picture because it's his ex-wife and his kids, and now some guy that he doesn't even know, is now going to be raising his kids half the time. Sure. And it certainly was an adjustment for him. It's an adjustment for me to come into it, but we've always just kept our eye on the vision and say, look, we're both here to serve the kids and we want the best for the kids. In order to do that, we have to have a working relationship. And I, I've been fortunate on my side that it's actually been to where, you know, I actually consider a friend and a family member that I, I can talk to and he talks to my wife and they still have, we have a good open dialogue. And I know that's not, Reality for a lot of people, but at least at the minimum, you have to establish some open communication. That you have to be able to to do that, um, be able to communicate. Because without that piece and having that that communication, you're just going to miss so much. There's just going to be a big gap, a raising step kid.
1: Yeah, I think, mate, that's a that's another brilliant point. You know, it's it seems like such a hard thing. But in actual, you know, in actuality, it, it's, it's a, probably an easy thing. It, it, you know, it's just meeting another person, including another person, you know, thinking outwardly and just, you know, keeping the kids, you know, front and center rather than, you know, like you say, getting over the ego. Um, most people are yeah. so wrapped up in themselves that they can't see what's going on around them and let alone what other people are going through, but. Uh, it sounds sounds like, mate, you've got a, a pretty big heart going on there, and um, I'd say your ego's fairly well in check by the sounds of things.
2: Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's always accurate, but... <laughs> maybe not always, but <laughs> like maybe to, not always. I like to it is it is. Conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no conversations to you, no
1: Right. Mate, <laughs> <laughs> mate um, I'll, I'll wrap things up here shortly, but... Um, it's been great chatting with you. Um, I do want to ask just one last thing. Do you have one kind of major thing that you just want to recap on or something that you kind of would pass on to any other stepdads listening You know, in the approach of raising stepkids? What's one thing you can pass mm-hmm. on there that um, might be able to help them?
2: Uh, I'd see... Probably the biggest distinction that, that I got is just the one I mentioned initially is that when you, when you go into a relationship as a place to give, you end up finding a lot more of what it is that you want. And it's the opposite of that is if you're going to a relationship looking for how you can get filled up and if you're looking to have these kids that are going to make you look good and make you happy, um, I don't think you're going to find the satisfaction as much as you show up to serve and to, to um really to give and look at how you can give to that relationship, I think you'll find a lot more happiness and fulfillment by looking outward and looking to give as opposed to just how you can get your own needs met.
1: Yeah, magic, magic, Josh. Mate, that's awesome. Um Really appreciate you being on the call today and just taking the time with us. I'm sure there are other stepdads out there that we would have got a lot from that. Uh If anyone wants to find Josh, he's actually, as we mentioned, a firefighter in the Sedona area, but he also runs a company called Rockstar CPR, where he trains people people on CPR. It's obviously a big lifesaver out there. Um, You can find him, I think, on YouTube. Is that right, Josh? Um, Yeah, or uh, I've got a a website, rockstarcpr.com. No problem at all, yeah. If anyone is in the need of CPR training or would like to maybe talk to Josh about that, please feel free to reach out to him. Again, Josh, thanks very much for being on the call today and um, we will talk to everyone again soon. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, James.
0: Would you like to learn more about how stepdads across the globe are joining forces in raising the next generation of leaders? then head to www.stepdadsuccess.com and grab all the show notes plus a copy of the brand new tactical guide for creating more happiness, health, wealth, and wisdom as a stepdad. And if you liked the podcast, please share it with other stepdads you know and leave us a review on iTunes. Again, that's www.stepdadsuccess.com for all the show notes and tactical guide. Come and join the new breed of stepdads, the growing group of leaders raising leaders.